So hello and welcome to another episode of the Shiny Side Up podcast, dedicated to improved production racing around Australia and hosted by Mick Hazelton and myself, Chris White. This episode was recorded on 20 May 2021. That's our first episode back for a long while. We talk about the state of EOIs for the Queensland Nationals at Morgan Park, as well as recent results and the recent rule changes that came into force this year. Thanks for your patience and support of the podcast, in particular those who sent messages of support in recent months. It really helps. Don't forget to subscribe on Facebook and in your podcast app for future episodes. Hope you enjoy the show. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Shiny Side Up podcast. Joining me again, Mick Hazelton. How are you doing, Mick? I'm fantastic, Chris. It's great to uh, talk to you again. It's been way too long. I think it has. The, uh, the 9th September last year is the last time we had a recording. I had a look. Yeah, I don't want this to become a, a quarterly or a biannual podcast, but uh, at the moment it's looking that way. So, look, to everyone out there who's been hankering for an episode, um, I have to apologise for the delay. Uh, a lot of personal stuff going on, but uh, Mick and I both love our racing and love an opportunity to talk about it. There's lots happening in the IP world. So, look, before we get into it, though, let's talk about our sponsors and just uh, thank them again. Uh, firstly, the IP sponsors for New South Wales, Yokohama, Ravenol. Aussie Hire, CP Competition Parts, Midas, DBA, Bring It Digital and V-Sport. And also thank you to the IP sponsors for my home club, South Australia, Lamination System, TRP Ductwork, Tyre Power Kensington Park, Andreas Auto and Ministry of Beer, my favourite sponsor. So, look, again, thank you to those sponsors and thank you for your support of our category. Uh, it really helps us do what we love. So, thank you. And to all our listeners, please support our sponsors. They uh, they really are putting into our category and uh, obviously your support helps them uh, as well. So, that would be uh, much appreciated. Mick, news, mate. Lots happening. Lots. Uh, and I think probably the first thing we should talk about, the EOIs, for the IPRA Nationals in Morgan Park, closed 14 May. So obviously we had a full start last year due to COVID, but it's looking good this year, mate. Give us give us your view into how the EOIs are progressing for the Nationals. Well, to start with, I'm pretty damn excited because I'm on the list, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I did promise I'll be going no matter what, but I reckon yeah, the Mazda definitely will be ready. But anyway, uh, most exciting, I think, is the amount of extremely quality cars and drivers that have EOI'd uh, across not just what we'd expect in over 2 litre, but under 2 litre have put on a big expression of interest in numbers. And it looks like it's going to be a very, very, very healthy grid for the Nationals, which is pretty damn exciting. Indeed. So, uh, I mean, I think... We've been talking earlier about the fact that Morgan Park as a track probably presents an opportunity for all sorts of different cars to potentially be competitive. Early Let's model, late model. We're, we're not expecting a late model V8 runaway like we have had on some other tracks. I would agree with that. I mean, it's it's equally possible, though, that, that a strong it's late model V8... Runaway. I don't no, think I, runaway. I, I agree with that. And, and that's exciting. Um, you know, when we're talking about potentially, you know, a fair number of cars that could honestly claim some some favouritism for, you know, at least a top three finish, if not the win. Um, that's probably not a situation we've had at a Nationals no. for some time. And with a field like um, uh, like that which seems to be forming, that's, uh, that's really exciting. We've pretty much got the top couple of South Australian 
cars, Victorian cars, New South Wales cars and Queensland cars. So we should have around 10 cars in over 2 litre and under 2 litre by the look of it. Now, maybe not quite as strong in under 2 litres, but that's fair enough. There's a bigger variety of cars in overs, so that's not unheard of. We all know that. But, you know, it's just damn exciting that it's going to... I can't wait to see the different strengths of all the different cars and the different drivers. And hopefully, you know, I'm on the grid and running around somewhere in the middle of it having fun as well. Awesome. I don't think the Spud's going to be there, if I'm honest. Um, We could probably talk a little bit about that later on. But um, I will be there. Uh, I'm certainly going to try and get up and and, um, and be a part of it all. I mean, you know, you wouldn't want to miss this. If if uh, If you're an IP fan... Uh, there's no better place to be than the Nationals, especially when there's a good field on and at a track where, you know, there is, uh, there's going to be some good racing, uh, some close racing, you'd think, uh, and, um, yeah, and several people with, with a, with, with a good shot at winning. So, yeah, bring well, it, it on. It reminds me of, like, this, this Nationals, I've got that same buzz as, like, the old school karting state titles. You mm-hmm. know, like when, you'd be excited for a few of the interstaters. And I bet you the Queenslanders are are thinking that too because their last few seasons they've had really fast cars up there running some extremely good times and battling up to four of them, you know, for the lead. And now we're going to have a couple more, maybe even three or four more from other states, each in that same speed. Yeah. That's... it's just hard to fathom there could be up to 15 cars on the same lap time at the front of the field. Yeah. That's just phenomenal. <laughs> Bring it on. It's, it's and that's exciting. outstanding. We we haven't had that uh, situation for a long time. I think, I mean, you know, um, Ray was dominant uh, for a long time. And, and, you know, from nationals to nationals, depending on the track, you might have, you know, seen one or two cars that could possibly pip him, um, Kevin Ledger, Matt Cherry, one or two others maybe, but but Ray always, you know, on his day was was likely to be pretty quick. And in spite of our thoughts that Baskerville might be, you know, a track that could prove his kryptonite, that didn't that didn't eventuate. Uh, but but with Ray not likely to make an appearance, and with the strength of cars at that track, I, I have to agree. I just can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So. Yeah, bring it on, and um, thank you to everyone who's put in an EOI. I think that uh, a, a great for the for the Queensland club to um, to have that strong expression of interest and give them the confidence to move forward with a with a with a an IP healthy program that may even include split grids. Um, certainly, with the numbers we're looking at right now, that that looks at least possible. So, um, yeah, thanks to everybody for your support of the IP club in Queensland and the Queensland Nationals. That's uh, that's a great outcome for for the category. I think definitely. Very good. I guess in, in other news, uh, a lot of results to talk about. In terms of the year so far, we're recording this. Uh, it is the 20th of May today. So, you know, we've, we've had a, a bit of racing, uh, although it is a bit varied. A couple of clubs have had three rounds. Queensland have only had one so far. But if we walk through it, starting possibly, let's start with New South Wales. So in unders, uh, again, Kurt, off to an impressive start in 2021. You've seen him race. Uh, once or twice this year, Mick. Uh, how's he looking? Oh, fantastic. He's still, still not the, the, as fast off the line as he should be <laughs> for some reason. But um, you know, the, we have to pick on one little thing, right? But everything else just looks flawless. The car looks amazing. He's driving it really well, and 
you know, he at Wakefield he pretty much thumped him. I think might have been. I didn't get to see all the races because of my mishap, but I think I missed the last race. And Justin won, didn't he? I don't know what yeah. happened there. I can't remember. But more excitingly, was seeing Hendy. Hendy, you put Hendy. Sorry. In this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's autocorrect. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that's not right. Anyway, but Jason's always fast at Sydney Motorsport Park as well, and you know those two are in a class of their own, being rocket ships, which is great. And uh, Kurt is on the EOI list, so he should also be exciting to watch up at Morgan Park. Absolutely, you 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 would think. I mean, you know, it's always it's probably. I, I'm I'm a little more reluctant to put that pressure of favoritism on on Kurt in unders as I would be, you know, with with maybe some other competitors because again, yeah, you know, the unders field around the country, you know, it's always a little bit you, not really sure how it's going to end up. But you'd think on form right now, Kurt Kurt has the quickest package in the country and he's driving it well. So. Well, the yeah. unique thing about New South Wales is having the split grids, no matter what yeah. some people think about it. We don't need to go on about that. It does produce you know, high-quality under-two-litre cars and that race together. But Simon Odell Fontana is running the skinny Rota RX-7 up there, and being his home territory, I would think that he may be able to give you know, Kurt and the others... A little bit of a, a challenge that puts on some good racing, let's hope. And yeah. from memory, there's some other entries I can't recall right now that is, were is, pretty exciting. Is Jim Gallon on the list from West Australia? Because oh, that no. escort of his is pretty quick. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's one or two other quick unders cars around the country, so, there's uh, lots, including there's so in many Queensland. En- so. Yeah, there's so many entered that. There's some that I'm sure I don't even know that they're fast cars. Mm. Yep. Fast well, but that's good. I mean, and I, certainly I don't think this has been the dominant um, sort of uh, performance from Kurt that we've seen maybe last year or the year before because, again, I think, you know, there has been one or two races that he hasn't been able to win. But to his credit, where he hasn't won, he's been second or third and, and, and he's, you know, driven solid uh, solidly and it may have been... Not you know less than fabulous starts, or it may have been good driving. Uh, frankly, from yeah, I from think he had the likes some, of Andy and yeah, but Unders has had some very good competition this year as well. So oh, that's and, good. Yeah, they've, they've had some good races, some good battles all through the field. Very healthy uh, numbers in the in the category, and I think there's 18 or something entered for this weekend at Wakefield, which is ridiculous. Whereas Iris has got 12. I think. Yeah, so, yeah. So they're, they've definitely got a lot of lot of entries and a lot of good quality, you know, cars that are and drivers that are all similar paced in their own little groups. If you know what I mean. So it's going to be right. some good little races through the field. Very good. And overs. So it looks like the Trev show this year. Trev Spaterini's reshelled Evo looking pretty solid. Yeah. So. Good on Trev. They've been working very, very hard to get that car back on track. They had a shakedown and then raced it at round one. Uh, he had some little bugs or whatever to get through. They're still working stuff out, but he definitely had you know, a few tents on all of us racing. Rob Braun came up as long, along with 
sorry, I can't remember the name, but the the legend who promotes the Epilepsy Foundation. You know, that that was awesome. And Rob, I think, would have given Trev's a good play because I was only a few tenths off and Rob was, you know, in between myself and and Trev on time and but Rob was definitely faster. So he I think yep. as he was learning Wakefield he would have ended up racing with Trev, I believe. But unfortunately yep. halfway through race one, maybe even a third through race one, he um split an engine in half. So Oh dear. Game over. Yes. No good. Especially because you know, it was great to have him up there. The thing sounds yeah. like yeah. Car. And yeah. we all wanted to see him have a crack at Trev. And I'm sure Trev would have wanted to, to have a race with him as well. Yeah, apart from that, Scott Tutton, I believe, had had something go wrong in pre-season with his main engine. And right. there was a story going around. He did a shop floor build <laughs> oh, okay. of bits that he had lying around. And I don't know if that's ultimately what caused issues at... City Motorsport Park at round two, but yeah, it was running strong down at Wakefield, just not quite fast enough for yeah. Trev. Yeah, I had fun with him, that's for sure. And Lockie in the BMW is driving very well. It's got a good balance in that car, a little bit down on grunt compared to you know everyone else at his same lap time, but you know, definitely driving well and putting on a great show. I see that you have noticed here in your, in your notes that there's no results for race three at round two. We don't know what happened with Natsoff, but it definitely happened. And Trev smoked the clutch, I think the race before maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. that one, and he had to wind all the boost down, which meant that him and Lockie had a great battle for that for that final race. And Trev only just got him on the last lap. Down the straight. <laughs> After turning the boost up, I you might have. I don't know what happened, but you know. But it was still. I think there's um, some good little snippets on Blendline of their little battle that they had that was just isolated. So if you search YouTube, forward proof production, New South Wales, Sydney Motorsport Park round two, you should find that little battle there, which was fun to watch. Very good. Sounds good. And another round this weekend at Wakefield. So. More racing to look forward to, hopefully. And uh, do you know if that's being live streamed? Oh, I got no idea. I'm sorry. Yeah. The only other thing I want to there's two other things I want to note out at New South Wales because I know I was there. I want to point it out is well at Mac Macca at round two finally put some boots on, some new new tyres on. Mm-hmm. So we've been having a little bit of a fun contest to see who can run the oldest tyres. So <laughs> I thought I had him. Because I was running 2015s at Wakefield, so I, that's you know like, I'm not making excuses. I'm saying that that was I was proud of the speed I had at the, in the car on that old rubber. Yep. And Macca turns up on 2012s, and he's like, "How do you run eight-year-old tyres? I don't know." But he's been going through the shed and just chewing up everything that he's had <laughs> lying around for the last season or two, mm-hmm. and he finally got some new shoes, and got all his speed back, funnily enough. Who'd have thought? There you go. (laughs) He put on a great show at Sydney Motorsport Park and was just off that tail battle of Stig Richards and Lachlan McBride and and Scott. Just couldn't quite keep up, you know, like so close for the start of the race like he is and just just slowly drifting back. Yeah, inch back, yeah. 
Yeah, just to be undercard. Let's just put it compared to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one is Adam. Is we the new guy? God, I'm terrible with names. Weed, weed, weedman. Anyway, in the maroon E36 BMW, his right. first race was at Wakefield, and he said that he'd never been there. He think he's done sprints or something before. And this is what I love about improved production: you get a new person in, and they're just humble and they're just having fun. And he was, oh, you know, I'm just learning everything, you know, not really that bothered. Anyway, get to round two and to a track that he knows, and he turns it up. He's he's not just rolling at the back. He's he's overtaken and raced uh, to another BMW E36 of mine ready and also Graham Shea in the RX-7. So he, you know... Got a little bit of confidence in between round one and two, and that's just great to see that someone new yeah. comes in, humble and having fun, and loves his loves racing all the guys and having a good time. And then he was confident enough to race those guys and then pass them. Yeah, that, that's good. Every everyone should um, be really proud of how they treated him, and that he still wants to come and race and have fun and race all the guys. I just think that's that's great, and we need more of it. We need more yeah. new guys yeah, no, that's coming along and having a crack. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what IP should be about. It, it should be inviting. It should be available. It should be accessible for people, you know, who want to get into door-to-door racing in that kind of car. And so, yeah, that's good. That's that's good to hear. That's very good. It's, it's I think, something that Victoria have done really well, and we've talked about it before over the yep. years. And, um, yeah, it's good to see that. We've got one or two people, you know, and, and yeah, mine ready, and, and those, the, the Stig Richards crew, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I think well, that yeah. that's good to to see that happening, and um, and hopefully it continues. So very good. Yeah, Unders has got it too. They've got a, a good new bunch of people as well, racing, having fun. I'm just not as exposed to that. Sorry, guys, yeah. but I do yeah. know that they're having fun, and that's and they're they're expanding on their grids too. Very good. So in your your town, yeah. So in South Australia, so we've got um, actually we just had. Another round the past weekend at the Bend, which I'm not sure I've, I might I might have captured a little bit of it here in the notes, but um, look the first round at Malala got cooked, uh, looked good. He he took three from three, and um, uh, obviously uh, he's got a quick car. It works at the at the well at Malala. Works well at the Bend, mind you too, um, which we'll talk about in a sec. But um, the car is not like highly developed like some of the other. S13's getting around, but Scott knows how to pedal, and it's obviously hooked up, and and it's got a lot of chassis speed, um, and it works well, and it's it's um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a good package and well driven. So is he um, the like, record know. holder at the Ben? Uh, to be honest, I've had I've, I've, yeah. three people have claimed that that title recently to me, so I'm not sure who the yeah, official lap record well, holder is. But <laughs> new, new, new tracks as they rubber in over the next, after the first yeah. couple of years, they they're always going to show more and more speed, and people obviously getting the flow of the track better as well. But point being it's, is, it's definitely a fast fast enough car, and yeah. he definitely can drive it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If he's not the lap record holder at the moment, he certainly was very recently. So, <laughs> so yeah, well done, Scott, and it's it's um, yeah, a solid effort there at Mullala. But last weekend, actually, at the Bend, they um, they went out on one of the smaller circuits, I think the West Circuit it's called, and it oh. uh, sounds like there was a bit of, um, bit of drama 
Uh, I, I don't have all the details. We have an Ipera club meeting next uh, next week, and I was planning to rock along and ask a few questions and see uh, if anyone was willing to talk. But evidently, um, uh, there was a bit of drama, including some accident damage to potentially a couple of cars, including Scott's, possibly Chris Brown's sprinter, and I'm yet to get to the bottom of it. So having said that, the results suggest that there was um, some uh, some interesting uh, stuff happen on track. Apparently, it was a bit of a, a rough weekend across multiple categories, not just in IP, but um, there were some bent panels and a couple of on, on track incidents which didn't end well for a few drivers. So, the final results, there was uh, a, a win for, for Scott Cook in race one, very narrowly over, over Brownie Sprinter. And then um, we had, uh, I think, Andy Sarandis won uh, one of the races at the bend in the Evo, which was a good outcome. Uh, Grant Maitland won one in the S13, uh, and I think Brownie won one as well. Uh, but, um, yeah, a couple of DNFs there. For, so all the for, um, guys had to go. Yeah. yeah, but there was also a couple of DNFs uh, due to what I believe were were some some a bit, couple of bingles maybe. So, But I, in terms of who hit who and how it all happened, uh, look, again, you know, it's I'm sure there's difficult. not going to be 15 different stories inside today as well. It'll be all uh, yeah, yeah, but but again, it's not the sort of thing that we you know we like to talk too much about on here. But but suffice it to say that there it seemed to seem it was a bit of drama on the weekend at, at the bend, and um and 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 as a result, some um some some varied outcomes and a couple of wins there. Like I said, um, I think four different race winners: um, uh, Scott, Chris Brown, um, Andy, and uh, and Grant all won. At least one race, so that was um, interesting. Interesting weekend. Um, yeah. So uh, look, can I tell you, we've there is such a strong field of quick cars down here in South Australia. It's amazing, and I have to say too, uh, the IP South Australia Club just a fantastic bunch of guys. I'm not just saying that because um, you know I, I, they buy me beers, but um, they do. But uh, oh, uh, they, <laughs> they, look, they're a great bunch of guys. Uh, really welcoming and. Uh, super chill atmosphere at the club, very open uh, in terms of uh, information and and uh, just talking about you know what's happening in the club. Lot, no, no one's peacocking around. Yeah, it's all it's all just about the the racing, you know. Uh, not to say that you know New South Wales or anything wasn't like that. It's just it is a it it feels uh, and it probably helps too that I get to go get along to more meetings. Uh, in South Australia, and they do have meetings on a monthly basis, which is interesting. The guys get together, even if there's not a huge amount to talk about. They'll get together, have a few drinks, and 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 it's it just it's it's a good feel, and um and I do appreciate it, and uh, you now I feel privileged to be a member. So, um yeah, just wanted to point that out. It's a it's a solid club, West Australia. So um disappointingly, it doesn't look like they've been able to form an IP field for racing at recent state rounds in West Australia, which is a bit disappointing. Um, IP was scheduled to race at the West Australian state rounds, but they haven't. There's been no results indicating that they've been able to form a field, which, uh, look, it's probably not a huge shock. Their fields last year were very small, four or five cars, you know, sometimes, and it doesn't look like they've managed to to get anything going this year, which is a bit, uh, bit disappointing. So uh, any of our West Australian listeners... Um, yeah, hopefully you can hopefully you can get some racing going out there. Without speculating too much, I would. Uh, why not? Let's just do it. Their late model V8 bubble has popped. Yeah, they had a lot of they got a lot, and then too expensive to look after, and now they've got to try and rebuild. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what it looks like from someone who knows nothing. Yeah, you well, just go off looking at 
entries and everything over the last five years, what happened, which I can't wait to talk about at Victoria when we get down there. But anyway, um, yeah, it's still disappointing and unfortunate. Hopefully they can rebuild somehow. Well, we know there are a number of quick cars out there, you know. Oh, they, the, yeah. the, the, X, the ex-Ledger WRX is still there. It's a potential national championship winner in the right hands. Obviously, Matt Cherry and the, and the Monaro and... I don't know where that starlet is in a shed gathering dust somewhere. You've got obviously the, the, the imminent Fox body Mustang, which has been imminent for a couple of years now that Ash is doing. it's on the EOI list. So, you know, these are all quick. I can't believe you let that go. Cars, quick cars, you know, uh, and, um, and so yeah, these are, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it, it, it will be nice to see some, some IP fields in West Australia forming yeah. around those cars, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So uh, the, has, sorry, the Fox, mate. The Fox body is on the EOI list. Which is exciting, uh, and it should be. I mean, Ash, is, Ash, Ash has mentioned that that was his target, to get to the next Nationals, and, and um, yeah, that'll be good. So uh, I know the car's made significant progress, which is good. Uh, and, um, yeah, Ash, if you're listening, keep it up. Get yeah. it done. See, see you in uh, see you in October, mate. Yeah, seeing him drive that's going to be exciting. Yep. It's going to be good. Tasmania, mate, which is, look, can How I say... Fantastic, and I have to say, you know, we we picked it a couple of years ago, and we we're talking about the nationals. That, yep. to, that there was the hope that the nationals in Tasmania would spark into everyone. And yeah, a bit of a yeah, renaissance. Like of, yep. Yeah, and it's and that's good to see. So, uh, yeah, mate, um, I know you've been watching it. Um, walk us through what's been happening down in Tassie. Well, it's, it seems that Matthew Grace in the I think it's an S14, not a 15, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, the, yeah, doesn't matter. Anyway, it, doesn't matter. <laughs> it matters to me. All right. <laughs> no, 50 kilos, I don't the, know. In the, in, the, in the S chassis, Nissan, the great platform for improved production, seems to be the fastest car in a single lap, but can't get it off the line, or the V8s can get him in a certain section, and it's providing great entertainment to watch. And mm-hmm. I just want to have a big shout-out to... Callan, is it? Callum? Whoever's the, the guy doing all... Yep, Callan the, Thomas, yep. Callan Thomas, yep. The guy doing all the YouTube videos. I've been watching very keenly and excitingly every time he drops videos. There's been a heap of them. It's great racing. You can hear all the great sounds of the cars. And, I, yeah, I've been really enjoying watching the Tassie guys race. They have been putting on a great show. And it's it's so good to see him having you know quite healthy feels for Tasmania. That's for sure. Absolutely, Jared House's A9X, mate. What do you think? That's oh, that's beautiful. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing. You know, I like it's going to be a hard car to manage all the time, just like all the early model big power little tire. You know, but mm-hmm. and you know without that desirable chassis underneath it, but. It's pretty special to watch and listen to. It's got a lot of speed on it. It's doing the lap times uh, as long as, and the other house cars are going very well as well. There's the the older E30 and there's a there's a new the X Wade cars there as well. Yeah, so the 135i is the X Wade car, I think, and the E30 is is the is um is that Kerry Kerry Wade's Kerry car Wade's from West Australia. Yep. So they're both yep. X Wade cars, just uh, um. One's a West Coast car, one's an East Coast car. (laughs) But they're both quick cars, no doubt. Yeah. And they've still got healthy numbers through the field. Like we know Ann from 
his excellent work he did for the Nationals, for, you know, down there, supplying lots of information and putting on a good show on the podcast for us. And, you know, like, he's he's been having races with people. You know, and, and if you, five years ago, if you'd have said, oh, there's going to be racing for an under-1600 car in improved production in Tasmania, no, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's I just, I'm sorry. I'm impressed. I'm I'm really enjoying it, and I hope they keep it up. I hope they keep the numbers up, and I hope that Callum keeps posting because it's really exciting to watch. I, I think they're they're up there with the Victorians and Queensland style production on promoting their category at the moment. He's yep. doing a great, and it is. It's good for IP because it, it helps all of us, yeah, you know, everyone around the country. But it also promotes the you know the category. Uh, in Tasmania, which is what it really is about. It's about, you know, again, hopefully motivating people to get their cars out on track to, to join the fun. And, and also, come Nationals time, you know, it, it has us hoping for people like Matthew Grace and Jared House and Jason House and others to, to bring their cars up because they're clearly pretty quick and could be competitive, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to yeah. see. Yeah, mate, I do understand how hard it is to get on the mainland with their vehicles yeah. and the cost investment, but maybe, you know, maybe they'll make it up for New South Wales next year. Maybe that's not quite as far. Who knows? But yeah, I'd like to see them race some mainland cars without putting a mainland island spin on it. It's not a competition. It's just that they are quality cars with good drivers in them, putting on a great show and awesome racing. So we want to see them in all with everyone else that's great in improved production. Absolutely. And if they're likely to challenge for a top 10, and there's no doubt those those cars we've just talked about could do that, you know, that's uh, a great reason to, you know, to, to, to bring them over. So anyways, that's, I guess we're being a bit selfish there, but hopefully hopefully um, those house cars and, and, you know, the Grace car and maybe one or two others will uh, make the trip. So we'll see. Not bad to want better improved production fields and high quality oh, and have more people race each other. Definitely yep. not bad at all. And That's and and again, credit to Tasmania for what's happening uh, in the IP uh, fields in Tassie. So keep it up, guys. That's great. Uh, on the results front, um, Jared House is killing them at the moment. Uh, I think you're right, though. I think it's closer than the results suggest, given that Matthew Grace is pushing him hard, but. Um, but Jason, uh, sorry, Jared seems to have the. He's, have the he's been consistent. He's been consistently yeah. the fastest, and smart by not burning up the tyre too hard. From what I've seen on on the excellent footage, so it's, you know, it would be very easy in that car to, uh, to realise the lap that you can put down, and then to try and do it all race. But if you did yep. that, he would just be falling backwards constantly during the race. Yep. So he's not doing that. So he's obviously smart enough to know. And good enough to know how to drive the car, and it's it's a pretty good looking machine. I'd like to see it up close. Actually, it looks yeah. it looks great on track. Yep, and the results are there to show. So um, yeah, well done, Jared, and uh, well done, well done, IPRA Tasmania. It's good to see. So uh, very good, Queensland, mate. So only the one round so far at Morgan Park. Uh, that was back in March. Zach going four for four, but the new Justin Keys. I think it's a VS Commodore. It looks VSVR, but that yep. that is yeah. So it's quick. It's for a first official race outing. I think it it had Zach off guard because if if you watched the 
practice coverage from after practice day, Zach didn't have him. Like yep. Justin was faster and he had to he had to find some speed for Sunday or Saturday, whichever day it was that they raced, and he did find it and he did outrace him and maybe the Mazda helped with looking after its tyres more, I don't know, but we know Zach's a fantastic driver. He's got a great car. So for anyone, doesn't matter, a legend like Justin in a late model V8. But if anyone can keep up with Zach, they're doing an awesome job. Yeah. And a brand new car, like you'd be, you you couldn't assume that that's as fast as Justin can go in it on his well, first race meeting. <laughs> you yeah, we. That. And and I think what what impressed me so much, if I can say it is that first race meeting out. Now, you can you can guess that Justin has probably had a couple of shakedowns in a couple of practice days. Let's say. Let's 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 say that. Maybe that's, that's not the case. Yep. But, but if he's rocked up and on his first race outing is as quick as he was in a car that he spent, what, decades developing, the, 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 the green yep. 808. One of our favourites, yep. And this thing is as quick on day one, officially. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know... I mean, yeah, I mean, just not just quick for the day, like lap record. Yes, very, very, very fast, and and so, you know, that that suggests that the car, again, with with more more time to set it up, more time for just to get used to how to drive it, how to generate that speed, and hopefully learn how to. Because I mean, it suggests that the results on my lap suggested he was cooking tyres, and you would probably that's probably not a shock, but. And the track lends itself, it's bumpy, it's yeah, got a lot yeah. of hard power downs on the rear tyre, but maybe maybe the car won't go much faster on peak speed, but his his knowledge and setup and more seat time will definitely allow him to yeah. do more consistent times through the race. We know that, that's what the setup will probably yield for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit faster as well, but he pr- might even learn to not use all the tyre straight up. Yep, and that's... And I think come Nationals time, that's where the result's going to come. You know, it's, you know, you qualify yeah. up front. We know there's that. So but many, then. There's so many fast cars at the Nationals. <laughs> yeah. It's hard yeah, to be, pick. You can, you can have all these predictions on what you need to do, but. Yeah. You know, can happen. But what we know is the top 10 or 15 is going to be some great racing. So, and Justin, Justin will be there. Justin will be in amongst it. So 100%. that car's quick. And someone else will be in amongst it is Brock Payne, who has shown really good speed in that car too. The the other RX7, he's uh, he's been quite competitive. Yeah, he's he's gone very fast, and we got a little word up from one of our podcasts that he was going to be one of the stars of the future in in the category. So I don't believe that car is quite of the class of Zach's car, but I would just. Say that the drivers are pretty similar in their upbringing. I'm pretty sure Brock mm-hmm. was a was a carter as well, like good quality pro carter. So, and it shows in his driving. He's driving the car well beyond the speed that it should be at. I would say. Yep. So, you know, maybe at the nationals he might not quite have the speed, the outright speed of some of the other faster cars, but he's definitely going to outdrive a lot of people, and he's going to put on a great show for sure. Mm, for sure. But I didn't see Drew Lawrence's Sylvia um, make an appearance in that meeting, so I'm not sure whether Drew just wasn't able to make that meeting. But um, hopefully we see Drew out again. I think their next uh, their next race meeting is first week of June, so that'll be good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if some more 
locals come out as they start wanting to shake down their nationals packages. Yep, be good, exciting. Now Victoria, we've we've uh, been waiting to get to it. This is probably the most interesting championship Ridiculous. so far. So the mate, Commodore uh, Cup, mate. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Everyone so, thought the Commodore Cup died. No, it just moved to improve production, Victoria. Indeed. So, uh, mate, uh, your impressions? Uh, the first off is it looks like Poole is the stump them, but really Paul Cruz and Poole have been nearly the same speed and ding-dong battling to term an old you know, commentator's phrase, but... Milano also, you know, I've seen him in the rain personally when I'm on track down at Phillip Island and he, his car and him are very good in the rain. And mm-hmm. the last round he enough for Paul to play and race with him, which was great to see. So he's back to form and his car looks reliable now, so that's very good news. He had a shocking run the last couple of years with not being yeah. able to finish all weekend with a lot of speed. So, And then there's a couple of other, I think Tonks and some other, guy who just won Bathurst in the six hour in his class, you know, running as well, who's obviously a very good driver who can do that, and his mm-hmm. car's going very well. So there's all these vast <laughs> big bangers running down there with Paul Cruz in there trying to <laughs> you know, outlast them I suppose with tyre. It looks like the same he has the same problems that we've seen in New South Wales over the years when uh, a Silvio can be a second to two seconds lap faster than everyone else on peak speed, but as soon as he gets stuck in traffic, it's got nothing. And yeah. Corner speed to generate the lap time, and as soon as mm-hmm. we get a, let's call it a, a big fat bum Commodore parking it on the apex in front of you, you they, yep. just, they lose all their corner speed and they can't accelerate. Yep. And they just get stuck in the field. So Paul looks and like he's suffering from that as well a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's difficult, isn't it? It's, it all adds up when you're stuck behind a, a, a late model V8 car. You've got the, the hot air coming out of the car, which you know slows you down, cooks your front tyres, um, covering your view of the corner. <laughs> so yeah, much, yeah. You know. And and as you say, you can't you can't generate the lap time anyway, even if you even if you could, because there's a bloody block of flats parked on the apex. So pretty much, and that's anyway. not down the drivers of the. Of That's the, the category, it's, isn't it? It's the category. The, the yep. cars are different. On the very high-speed corners, it doesn't seem much difference. But on the slow corners, when you have to rotate the car a lot and early, the Commodores don't like it. You know, like yep. they don't do it. Yep. Brawny seems to be able to get around it. I don't know if it's just because him and that car are so good, but he seems to be able to pick them off. Yep. And I, I'm not sure of the formula or why or if he's just that good, which we know he's freaking good. It's just... Maybe there's something else because he's NA performance and he's not getting off the turbo like Paul Cruz is suffering. Maybe it's something like that. Who knows? But it's still, it's been fun to watch. It's, they're bloody fast. They're all gone. <laughs> it's a great series down there. They've got a lot of entries. I can't remember what it was at Island Magic the other weekend, but it looked like it went all, the, nearly filled the grid. Yeah, I do. I I think they have been they have been fully subscribing grids down there, which is not I guess that unusual for Victoria, but you know, great to see. I just it's it's um the category's so healthy down there. Credit to Gary McKay and everyone in the Victorian IP club. Obviously you keep you 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 guys are doing it right and well done. Oh, it's look I get I get 
so jealous watching 15th and, and 16th and 17th and 18th and 19th all on the same bit of road together fighting. And then 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, they're all fighting. Like, there's so many battles throughout the whole pack that, you know, that if you don't have the numbers and the diversity through the through the field, you don't get. So it's... yeah. Like, it's, it just promotes itself. People want to race in that. So it's, it's feeding its own its own problem, so to speak, with the yeah. subscribe grids. Well, and but, I think, too, you know, we've talked about, you know, some of the cars. You know, you mentioned um, Paul Cruz, Brawny. Obviously, Adam, who's who's um, really wants that IP Victoria Championship this year. And... Right now, the results are looking like he's going to get there, but it's not easy. He's not, this is, this is not, you know, he's thumping him in every race. He's, the results suggest that this is not going to be easy for him. And again, you know, on, on raw pace on a dry track, I think there's, they're unlikely to, you know, except for Winton maybe, you know, you'd think that Adam's got him, but Victoria, there's rain, you've got Winton. Uh, and, um, you've got Damian Milano, you've got Rob Braun, you've got Paul Cruz, and, 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 and there are, it, there's, it's not gonna be, you know, they're not gonna give it to him. And that's great, you know, I think that's Yeah, fantastic. it's not gonna be like in New South Wales where Trev just got it this year on everyone yeah. I looked, and the last few years with Michael King just having yep. that, you know, half second to a second buffer on the whole field. And before that, we had, uh, Sylvia that had, you know, a second or two. But they only raced at Eastern Creek. Yeah, well, so he, he never turned yeah, up to Wakefield, didn't you, Watsy? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, but um, but the point yeah. being is it's going to be, I think, if Adam Pill wins that championship, it's not going to be, uh, oh, you just turned up and had it your way. It's going to be almost like a mini nationals, you know, yep. like win for him. It's yep. fair enough, not all the cars are there, but he's had to earn... It's going to be a trophy and a title to be damn proud of. That's yep. for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. going to earn it. And 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 well done to the Victorian club. Milano's turning up, trying his best, having a crack. You know, they they're not they they really don't want to make this easy for for Pooley, and that's that's the way it should be. So yeah. well I don't done. think they they've got something against him. <laughs> no, no. But, but but again, I I appreciate the fact that that you know he they're um. Yeah, that the, the racing is is genuinely solid. If oh, you know, did if you see if, the the coverage from Revhead's review. Yep. <laughs> see the two in cars, those two door going door. at each other at yep. into turn one at fantastic freaking stupid k an hour. Yep. Oh man, so good to watch, and they're throwing yep. it in too. It wasn't just like a, oh, I just got you a little bit of a run on you. No, they mm-hmm. not just got a stream, then they barrel in the corner. Like it was quality driving and quality racing. Yep. It was very good to watch. Yep, very good. Yeah, so so good results around the country, and um, and uh, we've got obviously some more race meetings coming up. So uh, the good news, I think, this year is we've got more live streaming, more YouTube coverage of IP. So that's good to see, and uh, I encourage all our listeners to jump onto YouTube and and check it out and keep keep abreast of what's happening. Uh, in the championships around the country, so that's good stuff. Uh, look, not a huge amount more to talk about. Uh, I know that the there are new cars out there still being built. I keep hearing whispers of these Phil Laird cars coming out of retirement. I haven't seen anything yet. Who knows? But um, we'll see. And we talked about Ashes Mustang, which is good. It was I, about um, 
three or four return cars at Phillip Island. As well, yes, that's right. Some old yeah, ones too. Drive. Yeah, so that's that's great news. Maybe we're seeing the benefits of a year off, a COVID year off. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe people have been itching and they just used that time. I don't know, but it's definitely good to see. The numbers look healthy around a lot of the country. So it's, and yeah. not just not just people turning up, though. You know, there's, it seems that everyone's really racy this year. Like yeah, people yeah. Are, people are having a crack. It's really good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is good, and and yeah, I mean, you talk about like um Johnny Perkins and is it, is it Kane Verica yeah, who turned up to uh, oh Danback uh turned up at uh, Phillip Island. So again, yeah, yeah, people coming back and and, and supporting the category, and um yeah, you know, I think John Perkins is indicating he's getting ready for the nationals, which is good. So oh, you know, a dozen Mazdas entered or something. It's going to be braps around for everyone. Awesome, Can't love wait it. To annoy everyone at seven a.m. <laughs> Starting the engine tour. <laughs> Good stuff. 9am whenever allowed to. It's going to be a harmony yeah, yeah. of wraps through the pits. It's going to be awesome. Oh, and, and, the, and, the, and the premix spell of castor oil? I know. Oh, really I'm going to point my exhaust directly at Macca just because he loves it so much. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mate, some um, rule changes. So, uh, I mean, it's been a while since we had a podcast, and since we last got together, uh, there were a smattering of. Um, rule changes put forward at the end of last year. I think most of them actually got up. Um, although again, uh, I'll be honest, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't gone and read through the rule book. Um, have you, uh, had a chance to, uh, sort of review and, and sort of indicate where the rules landed in relation yes. to the rule changes? Yeah. So I, I won't waste time on what got in, what didn't, you know, like as in my point talking about what didn't. Yep. But I think, in the majority of the rules, um, in my opinion, I don't really want to get into it a lot because these are very subjective. Some people have taken this that I've spoken to way too personally, you know, right. what's happening, thinking that people are going to get advantage. Like, I, I'm taking this from, I think, IPRA as a category with a lot of these changes will help new people come in and also people being able to to maintain their cars and I just think they're smart rules like that's the best yep. way I so there are some rules that this, the way they're worded need to cleaning up so the front air down rule just is a little bit easier to understand I suppose mm-hmm. just makes it more clear there's no more but what if you meant this you know about yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's all that did yeah, let's knock into it. We all know. It just you could have interpreted it to look like you could have some sort of diffuser in the in the under tray if you read the rules a certain way. So that's gone now. Gone. So it's flat. All good. Done. Uh, the safety cage rule. There was like two extra lines sentences in the rule book that would say you've got to follow the the schedule J or whatever it is. I can't remember. For the, I'll bring it up so I know. Well, I'll just do it in order in the rule book. So from what the changes are. So now hatches can have a a rear deck spoiler to the same That's models. Early models. Early yep. models. Yep. So good. That just makes sense. I don't think it's the best thing aerodynamically. So if you want to do it, go ahead. Whatever. If you think it's going to work for you, now you're allowed to do it. So it just makes it like why couldn't you before, but you could on one model. So I get yep. it. Uh, there are probably 
let's be honest, there are probably four or five cars in the country that might, you know, that that rule would apply to, that are logbooked right now. Yeah, yeah, but even then, it should be fair for anyone, even if there's one for everyone. Yep. Yeah, even enough. if there's one car, it doesn't matter. You know, like I don't. So, the same rule applied to your car or my car. We could make a terrible rear deck that just adds drag and doesn't improve anti lift at all. Yep. Like, then we're not really going to get, you know, downforce out of it, so to speak. But you know, we can reduce lift, maybe by a good designed rear deck lid. But anyway. So why not let the hatches have it too? Like that flexibility to get it wrong or do it well. Just let them. It's fine. Uh, The engine block rule, I think the intent... All I'm going to say is I think the intent's correct. So the intent is to not let special engines into Ebra. So good. The way it's gone about and everything, let's not go down there. So many people have got their own view on what should happen. I've seen and had conversations with people saying that they think it's biased one way or biased the other way and like, whatever. Like, right now, if you want a special block in, you have to apply for it and if it gets let in, great. Well done to you. It means that it, you've done the due diligence. Everyone knows about it. There's, there's no more secrets. There's no more, how did you get that in? Like, it's all above board, so to speak. And I think that's a good thing for the category. That's my take on it. Mm-hmm. I know you think differently, and so do a lot of other people, and that's fine. We're all allowed to think differently. Uh, the supercharging rule, I think this is great. So now you can interchange. So let's just say, I don't know, an old compressor supercharged Merc could now be turbocharged and actually a viable Ipra car. You know what I mean? And they're mm-hmm. cheap and they're yep. around. So I don't that's just one thing I could think of. You know, as a supercharger it'll be dog water, you know, but turbocharged, maybe it could, you know, pull its fat ass around, who knows? And you get the you get some good corner speed because the great chassis they've got, maybe good thing. So it could possibly help. Uh the two down to one turbo is probably a good thing for the late model BMWs that are all twin turboed. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to run it. It's cheaper. It's complex. Whatever. So positive for the category, in my view. I don't think it's given anyone a super advantage. Nothing OP, as a gamer would say. The steering. I'm not. So the new steering rules, right? It seems that if you've got a car where the steering system is mounted to the chassis and not the subframe, you're stuck to it. Mm-hmm. And if nothing is available as an alternate in that model, as in powered, unpowered, whatever, bad luck. But if you have now, if you have a steering where it's mounted to a subframe or a cross member, and not a chassis rail, so let's say a racket pinion steering, which is yep. already heaps better than the steering box, you get all this freedom. So the thing I didn't like about it is like, well, all these rules were meant to make it so. It, you weren't disadvantaged by having a certain car. So the, I think someone wanted to go to manual steering and couldn't, and someone else wanted to put electric in and couldn't. So for whatever reason, because of the way the rules are written, it wasn't available. So now this new rule, the way I read it, is if you have a cross-membered or subframe mounted steering, you can replace it with whatever you want, 
and you can modify it in any way that you want to make it work as long as it doesn't uh, you know, actually change the location of the cross member or subframe on the chassis or any suspension pickup points, which to me you wouldn't change anyway, like unless you're trying to get rid of bump steer or something, but you weren't allowed mm-hmm. to ever do that anyway, so I don't know why anyone would think you could now. So I'm not really, you know, like super pumped about this rule, but it does help a certain group of people that were having issues before. I just feel that, like, why not make it so we can get rid of our terrible old steering boxes in cars? Maybe that's a bit selfish of me, but you know, so many people are pushing safety-style arguments, and yet, you know, we got to a bigger tyre with more grip, and we're still putting it through this tiny little steering box that's terribly mounted on the side of a chassis rail and we're not allowed to do anything about it. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sorry, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously as a, uh, as a driver of a car with an appalling steering system, uh, I'd have to agree that if those who have already a better steering system than me can now make it better and I'm stuck with the same, if that's the way it is uh, and if that's really what the rule does, then... Yeah. Doesn't I mean, make much sense, good. right? That bit doesn't. Yeah. Make, if you take it from, if you, so I, I try as often, as try as often as I can to not include my own wants when I'm thinking of the betterment of the category. But in this view, it does look like I'm thinking of myself because I have an RX7. But in reality, I'm thinking of everyone with a steering box is probably thinking, "Hang on a sec, why are we left out of this rule?" Like I don't, I don't understand. Like why can so, you change now a cross member? The way you're steering is free to modify your cross member and subframe for whatever steering rack you want to put in now. Whatever, whatever one that's there available it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Anyway, it's good for them. That's my answer. My my understanding was that the real intention here was electric power steering, but it's obviously got a broader application than that then if you can swap out an entire rack and change the pickup points i mean that's all right so i'll i'll read the new the new thing when parts part of the steering rule parts one through to four are pretty much the same it says whatever was there is going to stay there without any change let's just call it that that's brief here's exact wording of part five where a steering rack has been changed to one with a different method of power assistance comma, not available in the original vehicle, e.g., in brackets, unassisted hydraulic or electric, comma. So then now we resume the sentence of that's what you can do. Then the cross member or subframe may be modified only to fit the replacement steering rack. So it doesn't say anything, but if you want to modify it, you're only allowed to modify the subframe and or the cross member to suit this new rack if you want to change it. Mm. That's it. The next line is just not allowed to change the suspension pickup points. So here we are. The rules before it are saying pretty much if you have a steering system that mounts to your bad luck, you Mm. have to use the original bolts and the original mounts and only the ones that are interchangeable that fit that model. So... 
there seems to be cut difference to me, you know, for the different styles. And if you want to take it for its basics from someone thinking it from a negative point of view, it's like if you've already got the better steering, as you say, you're now allowed to pick whichever one of the better steerings you want to put in your car. Mm. As it relates to the rack. So, yeah. Only the I rack. Mean, only the it's rack not going to create a huge performance impact, is it? I mean, you know, a rack and pinion is a rack and pinion. It might make your steering slightly smoother. It might make your steering, you know, in a power steering sense, certainly with electric power steering, you know, some cars might benefit. For for manual steering, you know, it might benefit yeah, too. A bit of weight reduction, who knows? But I'm not thinking of it like that. I'm thinking of it from the point of view is why are they allowed to do something about a steering system that doesn't really have that much of a problem? Yet it is known that... The cars with steering boxes have a big weakness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in true. Steering box. And we're allowed to. I could fabricate 3D printed late model uprights for my car, mm-hmm. and yet I have to have the old steering box. Doesn't make sense. I could put. I could triple eight could build an old model. Could build your Spud with their uprights in the front of it, and then have to connect back to that steering box. Yes. That's the, that's like if you're looking at it as a, why can you do one thing and not the other? I don't want to make it sports events. I don't want to make it crazy. I'm just, I don't understand why we weren't allowed to also at least have a part six of the rule that says if you have a chassis mounted rack and Sorry, steering box style. Then and you want to change to a different man type box. of power assistance, power you can assistance also follow sub-rule 5. You can also modify your mounting method to suit, as long as you don't change steering column mount position in the, you know, in, in the cockpit and you don't, you know, you're still stuck to all the other parameters of the lower control arm and everything. So you're still going to have restrictions. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why there didn't even seem to be an effort to make it fair for every single model car that is in IP. There. Okay, I wouldn't disagree with that. You've sold me. Okay, I'll have a chat with Brett at the IP meeting next week and see what he <laughs> thinks. Um, anyway, no, I, I think that's fair. Interior trim, I mean, that didn't seem significant. Did it go through? Uh, oh, I mean, you're reading through the rules, so maybe there's what's next. I'm, I'm at wheels and tires, but we can get okay. To no, let's do trim. let's do wheels and tires. That's important. Trim, trim, all trim did was include not just so everything that was door trims. It also was rear door trims, and then, so if you got a coupe, it's the bits next to. So, yeah. so it just made it fairer. It wasn't so a four door had a massive advantage in not having to source original door trims. Mm-hmm. Whereas a coupe had to have the original bits around the side, I suppose, so now they're letting it just all be the same. That's in its basic. I don't think it needs to go into it. No one's going to get thrown out. Well, I have to say, when my car got logbooked before that, I shouldn't probably out the poor scrutiny who did that, but, uh, they didn't, they didn't pick me on that. And, and they actually pointed out and they said, look, you know, probably should be blah, but you know, yours are, you've made your own trims and that's okay, so. Well, I th- that's a good point, though, Chris. I think it's a rule that if it that if it doesn't seem right to have a note in the logbook to get it looked at by the eligibility officer 
or whatever, and then advised on how to rectify it. No, it's not a yep. performance thing. It's just like a hey, the rules are meant to be this safety thing. It's not anything. It's like hey, go go make your car right so no one so then you you're like everyone else in the field. Mm-hmm. So like your glove box lid, for example. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're in an RX7, <laughs> you don't have a glove box lid and you get thrown out or your front grill. <laughs> okay, moving on. Very good. Anyway. So the wheels and tyres, the little half-inch thing gain and all the rim width thing, I think has been focused on too much by people. The real change for for me on this has been the aspect ratio change Mm -hmm. and the trying to allow more tyre manufacturers eligible to be able to successfully bid on the controlled tyre and improved production, which to mm. me, so anyone that thinks that I don't like the Okama tyre or whatever is not that. Don't don't get me wrong. I've already said tonight that I used 2015 tyres and was still running close to the front of the field, mixing it up like not as fast as Trev, but you know, only a few tenths off. So the AO50 is a great tyre. You can still go fast on it for a long time, even when they're old. But no other tyre manufacturer cut before this rule change could meet our tyre sizes. And mm. So it wasn't really looked at. So no matter how good the tyre is now that we've got, to blindly say that nothing else will be good for our class, I don't think he's smart. So to me, this wheel and tyre rule was a very good thing for the class. It hasn't really affected anyone straight away. Someone in Victoria's running on the nine and a half inch wide rims and they're not lapping the field. You know, they mm-hmm. may, if someone wants to do a finite analysis on it, maybe they can get, you know, a lap or two longer of peak speed before they get deg, or maybe it's only a corner or two longer. I don't know. I haven't looked mm-hmm. into it that far. And until every, like a bigger sample, <laughs> if I want to say, you know, field of people doing the half inch gain that a few, different capacities classes got, then I don't think it's going to make a difference. Personally, yep. I'm not going out trying to source 7.5 inch wide rims now. I don't think that's... Yeah, it. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I'd have to go out and, you know, I've just bought a whole bunch of quite expensive 8 inch wheels uh, and, you know, finding 15 by 8 inch wheels with a, you know, 4 by one fourteen three stud pattern that are nice and light means importing them from Japan, which is expensive, and why am I going to do that? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know... Let's, so, let's so, look at it in reality. Let's look at it in reality, right? Rims are usually a lifetime purchase on a car. Yes. Close to, right? So if you took a 10-year lifespan and the cost of the rims and your per-race cost for for rims, they're nowhere near brake pads. They're probably nowhere even no. near fuel. Mm. Give it. That's true. So, well, like, if you yeah. do a real cost analysis of what they actually cost you for race car terms and life, lifetime of parts, rims aren't really expensive nowadays. No, that's true. Two sets of tyres is a pair of rims for me, a set of rims for me. <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, but again, I'm not going to run out, I'm not going to run out though and, and buy, you know, what, eight or ten new rims just because to get the eight, the half inch. Right. You know, if I was, if I was, Desperate for that last tenth, and shit, God knows my car's got, you know, a shit ton of problems to resolve before I'm 
anywhere near that. And and I think that you know, most competitors out there who aren't running at the very, very, very pointy end of the field, um, you know, are going to put this pretty low down on the priority list in terms of potential improvements. You know, unless again, you know, you are running at the very front, you're running a late model V eight, you've had issues potentially with Deg or maybe with a failure here or there, you know, but oh boy, even then, you know, it's not it's not, as you've rightly said, probably gonna create a huge impact and and yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, I know there's been a bit of noise, but, you know. So the noise, the, the possible advantage that is yet to be seen, because there's not enough LMV8s on it. The problem with running the 265 tyre on the 9-inch rim is the single and the weight tucks over itself. So anyone who's done go-karting, you, and quite, you know, seriously, yeah. you'll understand tyre tuck and how important it is to maintaining constant lap times and the way the chassis works. So you need that consistent and in too much tyre tuck is unmanageable with chassis setup. So it doesn't matter. So they run the 255 tyre. So there's this theory that the 9.5s might make the 265 fast viable, enough, yeah, viable, viable option, tire. Yeah. and then they will get another few laps out of it or less deg per lap than mm. the 255 and the 9-inch. So that's the fear coming in. So if we also take those same, possibly same people that are also worried about that, are probably also the ones saying the Commodores are out in front. Who cares about the rest? Mm. You know, well, not just Commodores, but the late model V8s are just going to thump everything anyway. So really, all they're going to be doing is a haves and have-nots on rims for the late model V8s at the front. It's not really going to affect the whole field. If it does make them faster, I don't think it's a good thing if it splits even further apart from uh, what a good platform is in IP and a bad platform, so to speak. So that could be negative. Speaking of Victoria, since we're talking about late model V8s, the early model V8 that's very impressive is the XE. It's going very well. Yep, yep. Now, it looks like it's on an unlimited rim. So I think it's taking advantage of the running at weight rule, running a 9-inch wide unlimited rim. And that's probably Mm -hmm. where it's getting a lot of its corner speed from because it looks very stable and looks like they can run it very stiff. There's no way the early model Commodores could run that stiff and have the tyres alive. And it's just too too much sidewall and tyre flop and it's not... So maybe some Commodores are thinking if I re-cage my car to a late model style cage, it'll add the extra weight. That means I could also handle some ballast, stiffen up the car, run the bigger rims, get bigger brakes, and then I can get closer to a late model V8. Yeah. My theory is no one's going to do that to a VK or anything. <laughs> like, as you're losing... The, the only reason you run yeah. a VX, VK over a VN or something is because you weight. want the weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of making a 3JA car like a 3JB car when it's cheaper and easier and there's much more parts and it's better to run a VN up to VX or whatever, even though VX, you get the... The LS, but you get the horrible rear end suspension. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Like this, yep. it doesn't seem like a viable option. But for those cars that would never have been fast, like an XE, now the XE looks good. I don't think people yep. are going to go out and build an XE. It's not. No. Like it's been driven well, 
It's got a shit ton of grunt, and it's just got enough tire and car under it to handle it. It's not like if you, I think if you put is it Falcon House, who's the engine builder with the the eighty six style Marlborough livery. Oh, Fankenhauser? Fankenhauser, yeah. yeah. If he was there, because he's very fast VK there, I don't think the XE would look as special as it does now because you would see a VK that's been built to the old original pre-this-rim rules Mm -hmm. running at the same speed. So Mm -hmm. you would think that all it's done is help a car that wouldn't have been competitive at all be competitive. So I think it's not a bad rule change at all. I don't think it's flipped IP on its head or anything. I think it's helped some cars get closer up the field where they should belong, which also has a positive. If they didn't have that tyre and that XC was still there, it would just be annoying more midfield cars by having all that grunt and no corner speed. Yeah, so, yeah fair enough. So you can't, you got to think, I feel you got to think of every effect these rules have on it. So if anything, it's improving the racing of the midfield and allowing this car to get closer to the front where that much horsepower probably should be. You know? Yep. So I think I think good thing. Okay. So and uh, did the late model flare rule get in or did that no. get knocked on the head? No. All Unfortunately. Right. That would have been exciting. Could you imagine TCR looking cars? Not quite. So it's so my RX-7, right, looks similar to a Group C, just not quite as aggressive. We're not we're mm-hmm. only 50 mil in the flare instead of 100. We're only 125 on the wing instead of 200. So <laughs> it's like a baby Group C. Can mm-hmm. you imagine little Golfs and Hyundai i30s running around like little baby TCR cars? It would and be then, cool. Mm-hmm. And they also changed the rule to let you turbo anything. Can you imagine the type of cars <laughs> people would be building? Oh that my would be god, I cool. just want to run into a brick wall flat out some days when I think about why that rule isn't there. But anyway, it's um frustrating as yeah. yeah. So go talk to go talk to your mates about that, getting that in. Mini TCR oh, cars. I, I think I think uh again, you know, it, it it comes back to you know, discussions that you and I have had in the past about, you know, what IP is about. You know, is it a hot rod class or is it, you know, X three E cars and you know are we are we a graduated Brody class and and I think I'm not sure I think we're half pregnant on that right now. I think you know are. I mean it's uh, especially between you know early and late model. But anyway, probably so not the, a discussion for the day. Well, the thing that has halted improved production being a dying ground for three E to get done up is that they've let the older cars in three E and yeah. they're still fast. So yeah. they've made the rules so the older Evos at Bathurst, there's an Evo 9 with some fast go-karter kids in it running near the front times. Yeah. So, like, it's they've made their rules to let more cars in to try and get their fields, you know, more, more represented across the different models and new ranges, which I think has had an effect on how IP has gone a little bit. So there's all... Yeah. I think there would be far more... Commodores and Evos in IP if 3E didn't go that way. If they locked yeah. in to new cars only like they used to have, we would see a much different IP now. Even though 
there's still lots of very fast Evos and Commodores. They're just a good platform for race cars and suit our rules like they suit the 3E rules. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, it is interesting. I, I don't, you don't see many X3E cars coming through anyway, do you? I mean, yeah, there are a handful here and there. Well, too, yeah. Yep. But um, but more of the late model cars now are, are, are purpose built IP cars, and you know it seems that the people who are coming into the category there are still X3 cars. You know the guy you mentioned, you know the Bathurst hey. class winner. Yep. Um, you know there's there's a couple others. The odd BMW turns up, makes an appearance, has a run. Um, you know we've seen Commodores in New South Wales out of 3E, and you know that happens. And I think that there are a couple of X3E Evos running around. I'm not sure if Michael's car, Michael King's car, was an X3E car. I have a feeling it was. Uh, but, um, you know, and maybe Trev's car too. Again, I could be wrong about that. But, he can't you know, have sprints, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, but, but again, I mean, you know, so there's some. But again, you know, you look at the new, a lot of the new 3J cars that are being built, late model 3J cars, and, and, and boy, I can't. I think most of them are as purpose-built IP cars, you know, and and if that's the case, then you know where, why aren't we making our category more hot ready? Yeah, you know that's yeah. my gut feel, I, I, and I agree with you. It would be cool to see, you know, Hyundai gets with huge arches and a and a, and a turbo and a restrictor. Yeah. you know that'd be fun. Yeah. But the Evo, um, they could have the Evo, in and um, because yeah. the, the you know, that so series was in the Sonata or whatever. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these things, these these opportunities await if IP makes that decision to go that way. I guess. Um, but you know, I mean, this is this is a pretty significant smattering of real changes. A lot of it, I know, is just stylistic and tidying up things. But but this is you know, in my time in IP, probably the biggest uh, suite of rule changes yep. I've seen. You know, apart from this, it was little things like, you know, floor mount or pedal boxes and, and, little you know, things. stuff, Six stuff like that. Yeah. That, oh, that was pretty big. That was, that was a biggish rule. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But, just for late model. Come on. but we, you know, we, but we haven't gone sequential yet. Um, oh, that is good. and I know you hate so, <laughs> thinking that. well, oh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I've got a, I've got a front wheel drive guys want sequential. They want sequential and so are the late model V8s. Because they're going to get a massive advantage, and the, the front-wheel drive guys don't really have many gearbox options. So I get they've got a, a much bigger range of European-style gearboxes that could be imported. But can you imagine the have and the have-not split if we go that oh, way? Oh yeah. Look, right I'm not going to disagree with you. It's it, and it's and it's clear that you know to you know I, I just don't know. Whether again, that's that's where IP wants or should be right now. But everyone's going to have a different opinion on that, but, and it hasn't happened. So that's you know, right now, there's no suggestion that it, it will. It's still going to happen. So I think at some if, point. If I mean, you look at progress. You know, supercars are meant to be going to paddles. Yep. So there's going to be dying of sequentials eventually available. Never alone dying of H patterns available. Yep. Of race yep. Um, sports and answer just gone paddle air shift whatever they want to yep. do so they're allowed that now so you'll see some sort of knock on effect maybe by the time they let sequentials in we've discussed this before that they'll let anyone put a uh, OEM DSG in because yep. you know they won't be desirable but at least it'll be similar gear change speed and style yep. as a late model air shifted mm-hmm. race box and you might be able to find some 
different models of BMWs or whatever that have got these gearboxes that suit your gear range that you would want to use, and then it becomes a viable thing. But until there's DSGs lining up through the wrecking yards, and until H patterns or maybe even until sequentials are just in the dirt cheap category for yeah. race, for racing equipment, of course, not just dirt, nothing's going to be dirt cheap on a race car. So, you know, we will. I think we will see that change. But right now, I don't believe we should be even considering sequential gearboxes. Well, I mean, it, and it didn't. It didn't get a. It didn't get a run this this year. Um, or this, in this past Turbo run. So, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I think. I think that. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. I think that's a great change. I don't. Yeah, there's probably reasons why it's not happening. But anyway, look, if they don't, if it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. We eventually will get i30ms and golfs because they will be the the cars that are. Got yeah, that's that's the substitute. That's right. Yes, that, well, you could already in the years to come. Anyway. You could already. I mean, the Polo. The Polo Turbo is out there. You got the, yeah. there are some small chassis turbo hatchbacks on the market that would fit that, but like you said, it's not going to be a Hyundai Gets or a. It's not going to be a it? fun car. Yeah, something mental like like, like Ryan be, Jagger's Barina or something like, like that. And, yeah. and, and the Cox, and which is and the Cox yeah. Swift, which is similar. Like they both look nasty to drive, and you've got so much respect for those guys for keeping them straight ahead, never alone being mm-hmm. so damn fast in the things. Yeah. You know, like, it's exciting, you know? Yeah. You know, like, I remember when Ryan's little Barina came out, I looked at it, I'm like, Who, who's going to drive that? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And he drives it so well, and it's, you know, it's fun to watch, it's twitchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. We've got similar opinions. If you can build... A BP turbo 300 horsepower odd monster 808 or little potato like you've got, then why mm-hmm. can't you build a better chassis? <laughs> yeah. Like it gets. It gets is a better chassis. Like it's ridiculous to say. A lot better. Yeah. <laughs> but do we want to do it? Because, oh, you know, you can't fit any tyre under it right now, you know, and you can't turbo it. But if they let flares in. Tomorrow, yeah. And, and 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 turbo and turbo them and and yep. yeah it look, would have yeah. the same effect as someone putting an SR20 turbo in a 120Y and being able to go as fast as someone in a Datsun 1600 yes SR20 turbo in it so you would have someone build a Getz for a lot cheaper and a bit more wild and crazy build that should be able to make it as fast as an i30N you know what I mean. Mm, but but again, places. you know, I don't think too. If if the fear is it's going to turn the category on its head, I just don't see that happening for the reasons you've mentioned too. Like people could already build a Polo, and also if you stand back and think about it, if you build a Getz, for example, we've talked about a Getz, chuck it on the bend against Scott Cook's Sylvia or you know no Chris way. Brown Sprinter, it's not going to be there. No. And even at even at you know a place like Morgan Park or, or, or Wakefield. It's, yeah, unless it's just driven by a driven by a demigod, and it's a, and it's the perfectly set up car, it's going to struggle. You know? I mean, it's, yeah. it's a front wheel drive, you know. But but it would Short be amazing to watch. It would be terrifying and exhilarating for the poor bastard who had to drive it, 
and um, and I'm sure they'd have a grin ear to ear, even though they might be midfield and, and cooking a set of front tyres every heat. Yeah. So, but that's, that and that's what's IP about, you know? Isn't that exciting? Exactly. I think so. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you, but you know, like you know, it's still one of my favourite IP videos is Matt Cherry's drive at Morgan Park in the Starlet because. It looks like it's going to kill him every time he puts his foot on the accelerator, or every time he puts his foot. Then on the he still does it every corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, so that's you know, phenom, unbelievable, and that's that's what that sort of you know, and and also you know, I'm I'm keen to see more video of Geordie driving Swift for that reason because I know it must you know he's an animal the car. Uh, it's and steering still halfway down. Yeah, it's great. You know, like so. Anyway, he's, he's good enough to make that car look tame, but I can assure you, anyone else would be no. Because you've, you've, I wouldn't drive it. You've I literally drive it. not just driven, but owned a car Geordie has driven, and you've seen. Yes, you know how terrifying it was, and then you saw what a fast young, young kid. No, no disrespect to Geordie, saying young kid, but you know, like a younger guy who's just mm-hmm. wants to drive who's got a serious talent, and he's got the same yeah. talent as a lot of the other front-running drivers in. You know that can run TCR, so he's and then he's into the, into that thing, letting it get loose, move all over the track. That looks like at ease because that's what good drivers do. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that everyone can make a Datsun twelve hundred with three hundred horsepower fast. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think the key to this discussion, Mick, is it's not going to turn the category on its head, and it's not going to mean that. You know, there's a, you know, half the cars in IP are going to be uncompetitive. This is not, this sort of a change would not change the DNA of our sport, but it would create some interest, some excitement, potentially there's, some, you there's know. One thing that would change a lot turbo Hondas. Uh, yeah. Which, which is going to, which unfortunately is, it's, it's the elephant in the room, which is what I wasn't. Didn't really yeah, want to no, talk about it, but I'm if we do. It up because <laughs> the health of IP around the country would be better with turbo Hondas. Okay, I, I don't. I, I think some under two liter field yeah. aficionados might disagree, but for, for the fact that. But but again, you know, I, I don't disagree. Under two liter turbo, sorry, two, um, two turbo Hondas. Period. Yeah, they're going to be quick, but but it gets through the gearbox issue. Yeah. So all of a sudden, wide ratio gears are fine. There's yes. so many, there's so many things that turboing late model front wheel drives. So now the weight issue of heavier later model front wheel drives. Mm-hmm. There's so many I... things that would make, I think, IP across a whole category, across the whole country better. Yes, we would have a major impact to New South Wales competition, and I don't wish negative impact on their competition, but I do wish for a positive impact on all of IP nationally. And I think turboing anything, i.e. turbo and Hondas, would help the category. So so Mick, Mick, help me out here, because I'm not entirely sure I follow either of those things. I do agree that you might have one or two unders competitors consider moving to overs, but I don't think you're going to have a flood of them move. I don't think they'll um, jump uh, oh, And I don't think you're going to have that in New South Wales. You've only got, what, Justin, Graham, um, maybe, maybe um, uh, you know, one or two others when they actually turn up. Driving Hondas in unders, and those cars are highly developed under two-litre cars that have been built for under two-litre competition. And 
I'm not sure you're going to see those people just jump out and run to overs. But but even if they did, let's talk about under two. Uh, sorry, um, turbo Hondas for a sec. Yep. Tell me why you think. Is it just because the Honda chassis is so good? I mean, is that why Honda turbo Hondas would be platform? Yep. So so I mean, but I'm just because they're not going to have any more horsepower or torque than anything else out there. That that yeah, you know, in that in that configuration, like a Getz, for example, they might handle a bit better than a Getz. You know, a, a, a mid ninety uh-huh. Civic or whatever, a lot better than yep. it gets. Okay, uh, but you know, they're uh, and they'll be light. Um, but there are probably a lot of other cars that would fit that bill. And again, probably, you talk about let's the take, let's take sorry? the two fastest under two liter cars. Yep, non turbo Silvia and a non turbo Honda. Mm. How fast is Silvia's turboed? Yes, they're quick. Yes, I believe the Honda chassis is good enough, even in front wheel drive form. And especially with good drivers in it, like there are a lot of the front-running Hondas in under two litre are still good drivers. It's not just mm-hmm. because they've got a Honda. If they were turboed and developed similarly to late model Silvias, they would be up there. If not in front, because yeah. they're actually lighter than the Silvia. Yeah. So yeah, there could possible. be the mid-corner speed that front-wheel drives have over rear-wheel drives is very high. So if you try and get anywhere near a Honda in the mid-corner on a racetrack, you're doing a... When I say Honda, I'm sure the Pulsars can do it as well. Like, I am not just being a Honda fanboy with all this. It's just Mm -hmm. I'm picking one of the best chassis and best platforms for under two litre, and there's lots of them, so there's lots to judge against in all the different states, and they are rocket ships in the middle of the corner, and they generate most of their lap time from not needing to slow down as much as other cars. So then now you add some torque to that as well and some more horsepower mm-hmm. and gear ratio. Have you ever been done, looked at in-car footage on most of the Hondas and their gear spacing? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. they're too geared, even when they do the mix mash because there's a lot of different Hondas that share the same gearbox and mm-hmm. different ratios. They might have, you know, second, third, fourth close together and then fifths just blah. Nothing. Yeah, long. Well, a lot of this problem, as you know, goes away with the yeah, rev range Yeah, if, if you've got some torque, yeah. But it's also the rev range, so you, you drop, yep. you're yep. taking three, 4,000 RPM off the top end. Mm. So it changes the gear spacing. To me, it opens up much more fast, much more options for fast IP cars overall. Not splitting unders, overs. Yeah, I... And I believe, and I agree with you, With I don't think any of the existing Hondas would necessarily jump up. But new people coming in that maybe want, are looking for a car to build, and they lots of Honda parts available, lots of off-the-shelf stuff, the same Yay. reason like Justin has gone yep. to Honda, they would probably build a turbo overs car before they would build an Honda's car. Yeah, that's fair enough. I do agree that you know an off-the-shelf turbo build for a for a Honda, you know, K-series engine, even a B-series, it's cheap, easy, available. It would be it would be an easy car to build. There's no doubt. You're right. It could be quick. Um, and I think the, the 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 standard Honda gearboxes are a bit fragile, but they'll probably put up with it. Um, I've seen well, them. So I've seen them. The Sylvia's sorry? the Sylvia's have this drama. They can run two to three standard gearboxes a year at a few hundred bucks each or they can 
go and buy a motorsport gearbox for 15, 20k. Yep. So you've got to add up what's value to you and how long you want to run. The Hondas will have the same problem. Yeah, yeah. The biggest problem with all the front-wheel drives is availability of good, strong, solid, non-sequential gearboxes. Yeah, yeah. That is a problem for them. And maybe maybe a change going to, let's say, a turbo Honda era, we'll just call it because that's what we're talking about, would mean that it's time, by the time that happens, it is time to go sequential. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the world's and the way the motorsport industry is going, it's, it's better for everyone to go to sequential by then. And maybe in five, ten years' time when that's actually happening, that everything will gel together and there'll be a new wave of type of IP car by then. Who knows? I, I, mean, I think this is an interesting conversation because I think it does it does um, demonstrate that yeah there are future opportunities for IP to to evolve, which are pretty clear I think. But it does require the category to make you know sort of a, a strategic decision as to where we're going to be uh, and where we want to be, uh, and that will be something that would require courage if that was what the category wanted to do and, and I know that's something that category has struggled with potentially in the past. Yeah, making big decisions and, and yeah, rightly or wrongly, I know it's it, you know, there's a lot of established competitors with with um yeah, well developed cars and and you know, it's 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 not it's not meant to be, you know, a negative statement, but just I think change is hard. In that circumstance, and for in a great category where you just don't want to wreck it, how hard it has been for Ipro to get rule changes passed. Yeah, so all these rule changes happen because Motorsport Australia just made them. Yeah, and and you also, I guess that 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 beckons the question, sort of where else Motorsport Australia might want to drive the category. No pun intended. Going forward, are they going to push sequentials on us? Are they going to potentially start to force some other? Decisions on the category, depending on whatever their strategic vision is for the for the category, and um, you know if 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 if, uh, if IP starts to lose a bit of control over its identity, that could also have an impact. Although who knows, it might be positive. Or but yeah. you never know. I don't know. You never know. Look, as long as everyone, as long as there's some learning process, I suppose. I believe the Pulsar series has just gone through a big learning process of mm-hmm. making wanting a lot of change and making it and then realising that wasn't the right thing to do and putting rules back. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I can't exactly quote, but I think it's something to do with diffs and LSDs. Okay. They wanted to go to LSDs and they tested or did allow it and then realised they've just opened a massive can of worms and then made everyone go back to locked. Yeah. So, because LSDs... When you don't have much to tune in a car and it's front-wheel drive, an LSD can make a lot of lap different times yeah, yeah. when it's well-tuned. Yep. And so, it's hard if you don't know what you're doing, so so then the established competitors have a huge advantage. And Yeah, yep. makes, makes yep. and then as you and I know, because we've been around karting, it's been through those sorts of things, then you just got a bigger gap between haves and haves-nots. And yep. even though there is definitely a big gap in IP between car speeds in people I feel people's there's rarely someone very good in a terrible car mm-hmm. let's say sorry Paul but Paul Vullerman is probably 
one of the best drivers that we know in an absolute bucket of bolts. Even though the car's reliable and goes really well, it's it's not a freaking taxi. You know what I mean? It's not a fast yep. car. So mm-hmm. I'm just proving a point, not trying to say anything particular there. And it's not as if we've got someone who's just brand new to the category who's bought Ray's car and coming up and just, you know, being a pest in front of everyone. You know, like, there's yeah. not... It, it's... I think Impra's got a very diverse field that's aptly paired from car's ability to driver ability. I think everyone yeah. knows their spot and everyone wants might want to be a little bit further up but I think we're all quite realistic on where we should be in the grid and we don't overreach. Yep. Generally. Cool. Generally. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I very cool, I think. Assuming I'm going to finish a weekend with a car. You know? <laughs> God, yeah, I'm so annoyed about that. Oh, man. Well, yeah, you know, but I mean, I so hopefully... Testing me- fault-free and then I get to race day. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 there's, a, there's someone out there. There's, there's someone with a voodoo doll, mate. I don't know who, yeah. who you pissed off in the past, but oh, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know who? <laughs> well, you know the the the, yeah, the, the Mick the Mick voodoo doll or the or the old um, what was it the pirate car? You know, pirate, um, pirate voodoo car. doll. Yeah, uh, it's I think uh, Mick October 2021. Uh, IP Nationals in Morgan Park is where the curse will be broken. I, um, I'm confident, you know, mate. I'm confident. Yep. The cars, look, I, the cars going well. It's balanced. I mean, I haven't enjoyed driving it this much for so long. I look forward to getting in it all the time. There was times when I was almost terrified of the thing. It was that bad, you know. But mm-hmm. I've got everything sorted out in it. It's been reliable. I've chewed through lots of fuel and testing, so I know. Mm-hmm. No, the car can be good. I just it was seems that race day is the catalyst <laughs> for yeah. the, the nearly broken things to just break. Yeah. So yeah. it's um hopefully turned up to nationals with a lot of new stuff as in new Excellent. new lifespan. Nothing's gonna change with the with the car. It's still gonna be a midfield car, but a fresh car that should be hopefully touch wood. Um, With that quality field, I'm thinking, you know, making the final is going to be a great thing. If I make the final, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cheering. That'll be great. Good stuff. Well, I think that's a realistic goal, mate. Good luck. Um, um, I'm going to do my best to come up and span it for you. Uh, although rotors, I don't know much about them, but yeah, it's a Mazda. I'll find something to play with. Um, ready to go. Yeah, mate. I'll bring beers. Um, <laughs> not while you're racing, of course, but no, afterwards. No, All good, mate. Upcoming dates. Um, just uh. Tie off the, the yep. pod. Um, so I'm not entirely sure when the next round of Bic is, um, but uh, having just had one, I'm guessing I have a feeling it might be July, uh, late July maybe, but I'll, I'll have to look into that. Um, New South Wales, obviously, um, 22nd, 23rd of May uh, at Wakefield. So good luck to all the New South Wales competitors. Hope you get well, good weather. I'm saying this weekend because of when we're recording it. I don't know when it's going to be published. Yeah. I'll do my best. I'll do my best on long drive down the the Hume Highway for those Sydney siders, that two and a half hour, three hour drive. Suck it up. Although I have to say, living here in Adelaide, where I think where I am, I get to the bend in about just over an hour, and uh, Mullalah's about 90 minutes. Um, It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad, mate. Anyways, 
Um, Morgan Park uh, for the Queensland um, crew. That's the 4th to 6th of June, so that's coming up too. be interesting to see how how things go there and who turns up. I'm guessing the fields will start to get a bit bigger, maybe some interstate competitors doing some testing, uh, given the size of the Nationals EOI field. Um, for South Australia, it's not until the 31st of July, Mullala, for the next round. Um, again, West Australia, big question mark there. Don't know what um, what's happening there. Hopefully they can form a field. Uh, Baskerville um, for the Tasmanians, 27th of June. And um, I think the other um, uh, the other round to note is that the Hidden Valley Supercar Support Round is coming up uh, on the 18th to 20th of June 2021 for the Northern Territory crew. So uh, I know one or two people are heading up. I think um, Brawny indicated he's heading up with a BMW. I'm not sure how many others will be going, but um, uh, yeah, that uh, that's coming up as well. So uh, yeah, mate, that's it, uh, mate. Mick, thanks again. Sorry it's taken so long to arrange no, another sorry. one of these and. Next episode, we need to you need to fill us in what's going on with you, and that gets you excited about getting your car down to you, so you can. Have you already got well, it down to you? Yet? I should say it's. Um, I, I could walk out and put my hands on it right now. You get it here. Um, it's an yeah. interesting story. Uh, I've, I've shared with one or two people, but um, my transporter, uh, the big blue beast, uh, my F three fifty truck. Uh, which some of you have seen. Um, uh, I packed it on the 13th of June 2020 uh, after I think I've blown, I've done something. I cracked a piston or blown a head gasket or maybe a combination of things. Something very wrong something with the boost, car. I, I, I winched it into the truck on the 13th of June 2020 and it has not moved. But the truck has. Um, uh, so some drama-filled action over the last 12 months. Obviously, I've moved to South Australia and... Um, Bought a farm and joined the SA club, and but I haven't had a car. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, my wife and kids and I drove up back to New South Wales. Borders were open for a brief period, and I guess they've been open for a while now. But um, uh, picked up the truck, did a little bit of work on it, made sure to make the trip back, uh, and um, sort of trek uh, had a, had to plot service stations that sold LP gas along the <laughs> hay plain, uh, which we managed to do. Made the trip. Um, complete with a speeding ticket. One, one would, would, oh. you wouldn't put past a bloody big blue truck to uh, to do 61 in a 50 zone, some oh. town in country South Australia. But I got pinged. Um, put and and can I tell you, the cops here in South Australia, they don't miss you. 11 k's over, it's a 490 dollar fine. It, it, it hurts. And um, anyway, so that was that was that. Made it home safe though, and um, I just want to thank my dad for helping me get that truck ready to to make the trip. He he busted his gut with me for the week we were there to do brakes and um, wiring and all sorts of things that it needed um, after sitting for a while and um, had a gas leak, all sorts of things. We all fixed it, and and it made the trip absolutely trouble free. So uh, uh, it's here. Uh, parked away in my shed, and, but the but the car still in the back hasn't moved. So I'm clean. I'm cleaning some space out in the shed um, to get it in there. Uh, my shed here is is pretty big enough to accommodate some work on the car, but I don't have the roof height to put a hoist in. So um, it's not going to be a fabulous workspace until I can build something um, oh, sort of better. Yeah, I'll oh, get the box man. out. On, uh, oh, oh, mate, I'm gonna do it. That is, I will. I'm, well, I'm gonna have to, mate. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to do that. But Macca just... has sent me photos of literal putting old fuel drums under the car in the dirt, trying to change the diff. Yeah, like, it was, uh, and that was, I, I, 
a year or so ago. <laughs> Man, it looks how like ma- the 80s. What are you doing? Yeah. How many beers did he add at the time? I've, I've got oh. more self-preservation instincts than Max. So, uh, <laughs> no, look, but, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Putting all that aside, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to work on it soon. And, um, uh, to my, 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 my lovely wife, I've got, I've got to, Give her credit. She's kicking me in the ass to get out there working on it. She thinks I'm miser- more miserable than I've ever been because I haven't touched a race car for a long time. And so um, I've got to get into it um, and uh, pull the box out. Uh, I've got to I've got to scrape together some pennies to buy a motorsport box because every time I look at either putting another get track in it or or maybe move into something else like a ZF or something, you know, you look at all the costs that's involved in in doing that, and um, it just you know, it's a false economy to save, you know, a few pennies when you're probably just going to break the box again. Uh, it, for a ZF, I'm going to have to put a new tail shaft in it and change the t- flywheel and, and clutch and everything. So if I'm going to do all that and spend all that money, I may as well put a, a decent box in it that I know is going to work. It's not like I know I'm, uh, you know, I'm not out there to get the pace. I just don't want it to break. Uh, and I want it to work. Uh, and I, I want it to, be fixed, you know. Well, so, um, so that'll be. By the be... time you fix the engine, you yeah, you'll have yeah. a clear direction on what to do. Definitely. Yeah, and um, like so that's yeah, so that's that's in my future. So, so I'll get into that and um, um, uh, get get working on it. So, yeah, engine engine gearbox out. Pop the head off, have a look at what's happened to the engine. Um, the good news is down here in South Australia. This is again another shout out to the South Australian. Uh, club, there's just so many solid people who are willing to share contacts and share um, information of helpful people. There's a lot of um, folks down here who've got skills and knowledge and, oh, and are willing to help. And, and uh, BPA, yeah, BPA, and whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so yeah, you've got Adam Allen, you've got the Boostworks crew, you've got um, you know a number of number of people who could who can help out, and, and then you know you've got fabricators and people. Who can help and, and, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to getting into it. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the very, very short story, but, um, we'll talk more about that maybe in a few weeks. We'll do this yeah, again. Um, see where we're going. Uh, but, but mate, look, thanks for, for, for kicking my ass to do this. It's, uh, and thank you to all our listeners who have been waiting, have been messaging, want to hear us. Um, yeah, look, it's just um, thanks for sticking by us, and um, thank you for supporting our category. Thanks for 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 um, making Nipper what it is. It's a great category, and uh, and it's only that way because there's great cars and great people driving them, and and great people supporting those drivers and cars too. So thank you, thanks to all the volunteers uh, who support the category uh, on track and off track, and thanks to the races. And uh, again. Uh, subscribe for future episodes. Um, keep your ears out. We'll, uh, I'm hoping we'll do more of this. Uh, I really need to do more for myself and my mental health, and but also for all of you. And I know Mick likes it too. So uh, stay tuned, and um, yeah, we'll catch you later. Take care. Thanks, Mick. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, everyone. Stay tuned because we're going to do it again soon. Take care. <laughs> See you guys. Take care.